Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you, Jason Kong, here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, Jason. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back here and in the chair alongside you, Bill. Uh, I appreciate Scott Fitzgerald for helping me out last week. I, I heard the show that you guys did. It was wonderful, as always, uh, and a blast from the past as well. Absolutely. It was nice to be able to invite Scott back in your absence, but we missed you. Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, of course, well, Scott always that. does a good job, but uh, it's nice to have you back. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, I know you had a, a busy week yourself. Uh, you had your seminars this past Wednesday. Of course, your asset protection seminar. I was looking at the uh, the attendance numbers, Bill. You had a, a jam-packed it, seminar we there. We did. It, it, was, it was a good time for all. We, but you, you're not going to get past that easily, uh, Jason. First of all, we need to congratulate you <laughs> and your wife on your new uh, son, Arthur. Yes, yes. He's, he's a delight. And uh, congratulations really is, is due to Rachel. She did all the hard work. I of just kind of well, stood I around. And, but you, it, your time will come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very very much so. But I, thank, uh, thanks to you, Bill. Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, uh, it, yeah. it really means a lot to us. Well, I, uh, I want you to know that I have already uh, uh, coined a nickname for Arthur. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for this. You didn't know about this? No, I Scott did not didn't know. tell you. Okay. Well, once I once I tell you the nickname, you won't be able to forget it. <laughs> okay. All right, you got it? I'm ready. All right. Arthur's new nickname is King. King. Why? Oh, boy. Now, why is that? <laughs> okay. Now, first of all, if Arthur turns out like his dad and he's diplomatic and he's a person who brings everyone around the table together, like mm-hmm. King Arthur did, then there you go. You have a King Arthur on your hands. On the other hand, if he grows up to be a monster athlete, <laughs> then guess what? He's King Kong. So <laughs> You put some thought into this, Bill. I, I appreciate the versatility there. He Isn't could, that great? You could go so either way. Either way. I mean, and it's a very special uh, kind of nickname. So there you go. This is why you're the man, Bill, because you, you come up with great <laughs> your, ideas like that. Your I'm, wife, when I she like hears that. this, she will probably shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say that I backed you on this. Oh, you, my goodness. You'll be safe. So anyway. But that's that's that delightful. Thank you. But anyway, we're, we're pl- pleased uh, that everybody's healthy and, and all is well. And just uh, now this is your second uh, child. That's correct. So now I, uh, remind me, how old is your first? Henry is three years old. Henry. Okay. Yes. Well, so we got Henry and Arthur. All right, three and and zero going going on weeks. So that, well, that's wonderful. That's a nice age uh, gap. So that that's that's a good one. Yeah, he can handle himself a little bit. All you know, right. mm-hmm. it's uh, it's much better than having to change dual diapers there. Well, I, it won't be quite as much of a change in lifestyle this time as it was the first time. Oh, but, yeah, uh, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> that, well, we're proud of you. Thank you. Okay, well, um, I, I, we really did have a great seminar on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I think a lot of folks are enjoying that seminar. It's actually one that's, that's an important one. Uh, and it's hard to get that information. We, we, you know, the, that particular seminar is on asset protection and the use of trusts and how that works. And so many people have questions about uh, trust themselves and, and how they work. Um, 
And I, I, unfortunately, I don't, even though we spend a couple hours uh, there, uh, we, I don't have enough time to drill down into a lot of topics uh, that relate that are ex- extremely important to folks in terms of how it works um, and the like. But uh, the first, um, so the, the first thing I want to do in terms of starting off is uh, talk about uh, how trusts um, are important in terms of uh, what most people want out of planning. You know, why, why do estate planning? Uh, and, of course, uh, from my perspective as an estate planning attorney, it's like, of course, everybody needs to do estate planning. <laughs> but, I mean, why do you really do it? Well, the, the first piece is uh, what are your goals uh, in terms of taking care of things? And for uh, almost all of us, uh, there are two uh, how-tos. In other words, how do we take care of our spouse and take care of our children, uh, particularly if something happens to us? In other words, uh, you know, death or disability. And, of course, death is a surety. (laughs) Disability actually is more likely than not uh, as we get older. So, um, you know, it becomes uh, very important for folks to think about these issues and how we deal with those issues. And that's why planning can be so important. So, um, most of my clients, I mean, there are people out there who don't care. You know, it's like, I don't care who gets the property. I don't care what happens. You know, I'm gone. Who cares? But most people care very deeply as to uh, how to deal with their property while they're alive and what happens to uh, their uh, legacy, if you will, when they're gone. Um, sometimes it's about property. Most of the time it's about money and property, but sometimes it's about other things as well, which can be part of planning. But the first piece of the, uh, of the puzzle is um, trying, I mean, how do we stay independent? How do we stay in control of ourselves, our, um, where we live, how we live, uh, how we spend our money? Those kind of things. Well, th- that can be uh, really important. And the essentials of planning fall into that line. And so basic planning, basic planning uh, generally uh, encompasses uh, a last will and testament, the least important of your documents in a lot of ways, particularly if you're married, uh, because that's simply how to dispose of your property upon your death. But the other basic documents that we recommend to everyone includes a general durable power of attorney. And for most people, we recommend an advanced power. That's the kind of power most attorneys do not give you, and it's the kind of power that most seniors really need desperately. Uh, and then a, a health care power of attorney an advanced directive for natural death, sometimes called a living will. And then federal law requires a medical release that's HIPAA compliant. Um, uh, 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 and, of course, we like to have that same language in our health care power and our general durable power. 
And then we also recommend a digital release as well uh, because most people have assets and resources that are online in the cloud. And digital custodians, uh, uh, typically you have a contract with them that you are the only person who is allowed to have access. Uh, And even though you've appointed an agent under your power of attorney and the like, oftentimes... um, Uh, Digital custodians will not give that uh, away unless there's a digital release, something that's specific to uh, those digital accounts. So all of those documents are really important in terms of control. Now, in terms – now when you want – now those are basic documents and for basic planning, but most of my clients want a better plan than what that – will give you. And when you want a better plan, uh, that generally is going to uh, require a trust. Okay, so when I say better plans, what what does that mean? That basically means uh, a contract, if you will, that allows you to stay in control of your property completely and independently while you're alive and well. And then it allows you to appoint uh, the trusted person in your life. Sometimes that's a spouse. Sometimes that's a child. Sometimes it's a friend. But a trusted person who uh, basically can make decisions uh, on your behalf, but make those decisions in a fiduciary way with instructions that you've left on exactly how you want your money spent Uh, on you while you're alive, and where it goes upon your death. In other words, to control who gets your property upon your death, how they get it, when they get it, and the like. And you can't do that without a trust. In other words, if, if, if upon your death it all just goes outright to your spouse, then your spouse, your surviving spouse controls everything. You don't. You're gone. Uh, Same thing with your children. If it goes to your children outright, then even though you may have had issues where you didn't want your children to be able to uh, spend their IRA account all at once, or you had a spendthrift, or you had a child who had some issues, or you simply wanted to give your children asset protection during their lifetime so that if they ended up in a divorce, that the other spouse, the non-family member, would end up with half the inheritance that you left them. Many of my clients are very concerned about those kind of issues for their children. And you can protect your children with a trust type of agreement. And you say, well, well, what is a trust? Well, A trust, if you boil it down, is a contract. Uh, It's a three-party contract. You create a trust. You appoint yourself as the manager of the trust. That's called a trustee. And then you appoint yourself as the primary beneficiary of that trust during your lifetime. So you're all three things. You're the creator, you're the manager, and you're the beneficiary. Uh, and, and the law backs you up on this, and it, that's, that's really what a trust is. And so the best trusts are ones that really set out what you want during your lifetime and, and, and what you want for your family when you're gone. 
That's what a trust is all about. And uh, so with that in mind, I wanted to – all right, so that's part of the things that we talk about in in the seminar on trusts and asset protection, which is really important. But I, I wanted to drill down as it relates to a really important topic because, um, you, you know, years ago, um, it was, uh, in almost everyone's case, the, the largest asset that people owned was what? Their home. That's right. And that's still true for a lot of folks. But uh, there's another asset uh, that has uh, surpassed that one for many uh, families. Now, what do you think that is? Uh, I would venture to guess the retirement account. That's exactly right. There's uh, retirement accounts uh, oftentimes are much larger than the value of a person's home today. So it's a really, really important asset as it relates to structure it properly. And now we've got a new federal law called the SECURE Act, which also uh, has a significant impact on how your retirement accounts are distributed. And so, yes, everybody knows about beneficiary designations and how important they are. But if we go back to the essence of controlling your property during your lifetime and at your death, how it's distributed, when it's distributed, uh, with asset protection or not, uh, after you're gone, that's what I want to talk about and how important it can be for what, for many families, is the largest asset that they actually have in control. Excellent. I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation on that. If you are interested in attending Bill's Asset Protection Seminar next month, that would be in March, go online to WGALaw.com. There you can click on the Seminars button at the top of the page and register for free to attend. You can also call 919-256-7000, Seven thousand. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bill, we're uh, talking about asset protection, of course, and uh, we were mentioning how you had a wonderful turnout for your seminar this past Wednesday, and we were getting into the concepts of estate planning, and we just ended the segment talking about retirement accounts and trusts, and I know you wanted to spend a lot more time talking about that. Well, there. all right, let's finish. Well, it's not finish. It's just really a beginning when you talk about trust, but there are lots of advantages to using uh, trust as a planning tool. Uh, And a lot of folks don't realize how easy uh, it is. I mean, you create this contract, but if it's a revocable trust, which is what most people start with uh, in terms of a planning scenario, and that, in fact, for a lot of families, that's the only trust that they need during their lifetime. 
and it's revocable, which basically means that you can change it at any time. It's very flexible. It also means that you use your Social Security number on any assets inside the trust because the Internal Revenue Service says so. It's, in other words, they don't even recognize the trust for tax purposes. You just pay your taxes the way you always have when you have a revocable trust. It doesn't change anything. But it does change the title to your property. So upon, um, upon your death, what's in your trust passes to your beneficiaries uh, with uh, much faster. You avoid probate and administrative costs of the court system, which allows your trustee to... Uh, administer your property for the sake of your beneficiaries much faster. And for a lot of families, what's important is it's totally private. Nothing goes on the books at the courthouse that's a public record. Uh, So it's faster, it's private, uh, and it's more specific as to you and your family in terms of how you want your property distributed. Now, When it comes to retirement accounts, there are lots of folks out there who don't know the rules, quite frankly, and they will say, oh, don't you ever put a trust as the beneficiary of your retirement account. And they are oh so wrong. Okay, but why do they say that? They say that because if you make a trust your beneficiary, and the trust is not properly drafted, then you have a problem. You've created a problem because the trust doesn't have a heartbeat. And when you don't have a heartbeat, that basically means that there's a distribution rule for taxation, which is a five-year distribution rule. In other words, you have to pay all your taxes within five years of the, the death or five tax years. So uh, that, of course, is a huge negative, but that's assuming that you have a bad trust, (laughs) okay? If you have a good trust, if you have a trust that's properly drafted for uh, to be able to take in uh, retirement accounts, then it gives you some huge planning advantages that you don't have otherwise. Now, what planning advantage might you have Uh, with a trust. The biggie is control, which is what a lot of folks want to have. Now, why is it important for you to, um, that control might be important to you? Well, uh, let's look at it a couple different ways. Uh, Let's say that you're relatively young, but you've been successful And by relatively young, I I basically mean that if you were to die in the next few years, would your spouse remarry? And if the answer is, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) then, because, you know, clearly that's a, a huge issue. Uh, then and and you're the one who has a big retirement account, and you want to make sure that you protect your spouse, but you also want to make sure you're protecting your children. Then, using a trust might be extremely helpful to you. Now, why do I say that? Well, first of all, if you don't use a trust, then typically the the knee jerk. 
most appropriate thing that people do is they leave their retirement account to whom? The spouse. Exactly, the spouse. Absolutely. So, and so, in in fact, uh, in many cases, the financial advisors uh, push a rollover to the spouse just as quickly as they possibly can when a, a person dies without even contacting the estate planning attorney, which, you know, from my perspective, the estate planning attorney should always be involved in those kinds of things. But but I lose out because people, the financial advisors are real quick to the draw sometimes. But what I'm getting at is it's going to be based on the beneficiary designation. And if you're, most people absolutely want their spouse to have that. But if you roll it over, who controls that IRA distribution after it's rolled over? The spouse. Okay. So what happens if the spouse remarries? I guess the, uh, the the new spouse has some control over that well. Well, it doesn't have control, but the likelihood of these, that IRA going to a new spouse uh, is much higher. It doesn't automatically go to the children. That's up to the your survivor. It's up to the survivor who has now control over that asset, complete control over that asset as to whether it might go to a new spouse or it might go to the children or it might go to, you know, sometimes, and, and this can be even a more important discussion when you have a second marriage. Okay, so now you're in a second marriage and each spouse has uh, children and maybe there's a, a child of the marriage as well. So his, hers, and, and ours, if you will. Well, you have the same problem. Guess what? You know, you roll over the IRA, and let's say there hadn't been a good relationship with your children <laughs> and, the, and your second spouse. Well, guess what? The second spouse, if it's a rollover, can do what? Leave your children out yeah. uh, completely. So uh, if, the, the key is this. If you want to control who gets your IRA, then by using a trust, you can control that. And that's huge because then your decision on who gets it when your spouse dies uh, makes a difference. And inside your own trust, you can control how much of that retirement account is distributed to or on behalf of your spouse and then to your children. So a trust gives you an awful lot of options that you would not otherwise have. And then the same thing is true. Let's say that you're you're single, but um, you want to put some controls on how your children use uh, the retirement account. Well, you can do that with a spouse as well, because I have lots of, of clients that uh, have children where they are concerned that they won't know how to manage a retirement account, won't appreciate the fact that distributions are taxable fully, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, and, and so, again, with a trust, you can control uh, how much is distributed into the trust from the custodian, and then how much goes from the trust to the beneficiary, to your, in essence, to your children or grandchildren. 
Now, and and then we have another kicker that comes in. I don't know if we have time to go into it uh, this segment or not. Do we have a little more time or not? Uh, I think we should take a break here, and then we'll then we'll get into the kicker. Okay. Well, I'm going to come back and drill down some more. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong, and I am thanking you for joining us this morning. Bill, we're uh, touching on a a lot of topics here, particularly trusts and IRAs, and we were just uh, spending a lot of time talking about the subject of control and how that is so key when it comes to trusts. Mm -hmm. And you had a a kicker here that you wanted to uh, parlay to us. (laughs) Well, okay. The first thing um, that now, uh, when it comes to retirement accounts, I mean, just so everyone's clear, uh, a, a retirement account, whether it's a 401k, IRA, 457, whatever it is, those uh, resources don't do not go through probate or a state administration through the courts. Why? Well, they can, but they the only time that they would go through probate would be if you did not have a designated beneficiary on the account. And typically when there's not a beneficiary named, which would be horrible, quite frankly, but if you don't have a beneficiary, then it goes to your estate. And so then it would be administered. But otherwise, it doesn't go through probate. And most people know enough to have a beneficiary designated. (laughs) Okay. So it's really important to have not only a beneficiary, but contingent beneficiaries And uh, beneficiary designations are extremely important. In fact, there was a huge lawsuit a few years ago uh, uh, where um, a fella uh, divorced his spouse, left everything to his daughter by previous marriage. Uh, This was a multi-million dollar case. He had a multi-million dollar retirement account. And as a result, uh, two things. Number one, he never changed his beneficiary. So guess what? His ex-spouse, ex-wife, ended up uh, as the beneficiary because he didn't change it. Uh, And his daughter, as the uh, trustee uh, and executor of his will, was responsible for the estate taxes that uh, resulted from the um, from the IRA going to the ex-spouse. And, of course, uh, there was a big lawsuit. But the Supreme Court of the United States said that uh, the beneficiary gets it. So the ex-spouse actually got multi-millions of dollars from the retirement account because the fella did not change his beneficiary designation. So I cannot emphasize enough <laughs> how important it is to um, review your beneficiaries and to make sure you not only have the right beneficiary, but that you have the right contingent beneficiaries. And I have that uh, issue arise all the time with seniors because oftentimes seniors will create uh, a testamentary trust for the benefit of their spouse 
but then they will forget about changing the beneficiary on their life insurance or their retirement accounts to their trustee under their testamentary trust for the benefit of their spouse. And so if they don't change their beneficiary designation, then the money goes outright to the spouse unprotected and oftentimes uh, 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 makes, uh, uh, in other words, where government assistance is not available, there's no asset protection for those resources, and oftentimes it gets squandered because they didn't change their beneficiary designation. So, again, beneficiary designations are extremely important. And if you use a trust, you have to have the right kind of beneficiary designations where you're basically saying to my trustee for the benefit of my spouse or my children uh, uh, through through the trust so that it will pass through the trust uh, and your uh, beneficiaries will get the longest um, time possible to or potentially if you will to distribute the money now with that said, the new SECURE Act, which went into effect January 1 of this year, uh, changes the law as it relates to people who die after January 1 of this year and have beneficiaries um, other than their spouse. Uh, in other words, if, if um, your retirement account is going to children or grandchildren, um, uh, then the SECURE Act changes. Um, you know, a lot of folks, uh, I mean, it took years to get people to understand how advantageous stretch IRAs uh, can be. And if, if, you're, if you inherited an IRA last year, <laughs> 2019 or before, the rules are the same for you. You still, can, you still have lifetime stretch capabilities and things like that. However, uh, if your, um, if for those folks who die this year or after uh, this year, uh, then the Secure Act changes uh, how uh, long you have to uh, take to pay tax on uh, your uh, IRA or your 401k, for that matter. And so now, for inherited IRAs. Um, uh, you have a 10-year period to pay the tax. Now, that, generally speaking, would give you 11 tax years uh, to pay the tax. For instance, uh, Jason, if I died today in February, uh, then uh, obviously uh, if it went to my children, then they could take a distribution this year, and then they have 10 additional years uh, to fully take uh, their IRA distribution. But what they don't get anymore is a lifetime distribution or what we called a stretch through their entire lifetime based on their life expectancy. Uh, might also tell those out there, this is just a little aside, that the life expectancy tables are changing next January. <laughs> just for those folks where life expectancy tables are important, but it's a recognition that people are living longer. But no, we don't get, um, we don't get those stretches anymore. Um, now, it doesn't apply to spouses. It doesn't apply to a spouse who receives an IRA through a trust. 
uh, if again, if the trust is properly drafted. Um, but uh, if it goes to your children, now there's another reason for using a trust for an IRA, and that is that whether your IRA is a protected asset, that it is asset protected from creditors and predators, depends upon state law, okay? Now, I'm not aware of any state that doesn't protect a retirement account in your, in other words, it's, if it's your own retirement account, it's protected. If you die and it goes to your spouse, it's a protected asset. But when it goes to your children and grandchildren, the Supreme Court of the United States has said, nope, it's not protected unless state law protects it. Now, if you're in North Carolina, North Carolina state law does, in fact, protect an inherited IRA. But you, can we guarantee that your children or grandchildren are going to live in North Carolina? No. And most states do not protect inherited IRAs. So if you use a well-drafted trust, uh, it can remain a protected asset because it's in an asset protection trust for their benefit, and the IRA is just part of the resources that they have in that in that trust. So uh, it's another reason why people uh, may want to use a, a trust as a beneficiary for the for this benefit of each of their children or grandchildren can be extremely uh, helpful as it relates to that. But uh, it's also important that the trust um, be um, well-drafted and change. I mean, many of the, the, of the IRA trusts that are out there now need to be amended because uh, no one contemplated the SECURE Act when these trusts were created. Uh, and, and so if you have an older... Uh, retirement account trust that was specifically drafted for your IRA account, then you really should go back to your estate planning attorney and have that trust reviewed and more than likely amended to um, take into consideration the new law as it relates to um, the SECURE Act. Now, um, there are some exceptions to the 10-year distribution rule. But, um, uh, and of course, uh, spouses and siblings. Um, in, in other words, the, the inherited IRA is uh, specifically uh, to apply to children and grandchildren, uh, but it will never apply to a spouse. Even if the spouse is 20 years younger, it won't, <laughs> it won't apply to your spouse. Uh, it doesn't ap- apply to a disabled child. Uh, doesn't apply to someone who is less uh, than 10 years younger, in other words, like a sibling, um, doesn't apply. Um, so there are about a five exceptions to the rule, but they don't apply to a, I mean, generally speaking, when it goes to your children or grandchildren, then then the new SECURE Act 10-year distribution uh, is, is the new standard. And it's important because... Um, it's and it also depends on whether it's a traditional retirement account or a Roth. Because, for instance, with a Roth, you still have a ten-year rule, but you you don't have to distribute until the very end of the tenth year, if you will. So it gets all of that build up 
tax-free buildup, and then it's distributed tax-free at the end of the 10th year. But for traditional IRAs, uh, you may want 10 or 11 relatively equal payments depending on the circumstances. And so it's all about tax bracket now, and there's no way to say that one uh, rule fits all. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's going to be case by case as to what uh, distribution will give you the best result. Um, and uh, And it has to do with what tax bracket you're in, how old you are, uh, are you still working? Um, those, all of those issues are going to be um, things that are factored. The, the, another factor into it will be, are you married or not? Because if you're married, you have twice as uh, many deductions as if you're unmarried. There, there are a lot of families that get caught where they have a large IRA and they're trying not to make distributions and then one spouse dies and the other spouse inherits the IRA and because of distributions, it pushes the survivor into a higher tax bracket. A lot of folks don't think about that, but it's a huge uh, issue. And so for uh, some families, that's something that we talk about in our office uh, with clients because it, uh, it has an impact on I mean, you, you, you want to reduce your taxes, not to pay more tax. Uh, and so sometimes it's better to, to take more than required minimum distributions because you have the dedu- more deductions when you're married than when you're single. So, you know, just another factor uh, to build into the um, uh, computation. And then there's one other that I always uh, say don't forget about IRMA. Uh, And anybody who um, is on Medicare knows that there's a Medicare premium. Uh, And if your income is high, and of course, retirement distributions are considered ordinary income, it can make you pay significantly more per month for your Medicare premiums. And so instead of paying $140 a month for Medicare Part B, you could be paying over $400 a month. And if you're married, both you and your spouse would be paying uh, a significantly higher premium for your Medicare. And that's based on income two years earlier. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's just another factor. And people scratch their heads and say, oh, my God, how can I figure this out? Well, that's where we come in. <laughs> yeah, there's so many variables. That's why you need an expert to talk to. Schedule an appointment to talk with Bill if some of these concepts are something that you're interested in pursuing or maybe you've kind of pursued and you you didn't follow through. Get a hold of Bill. Call 919-256-7000. Or you can go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong, sitting right next to Bill Alexander. And 
Bill, we've had a, a wonderful discussion today talking a lot about trusts and retirement accounts and the SECURE Act. And uh, things are changing. And if, if you haven't consulted a professional recently to make sure that your, uh, your plans are intact and they're doing what you want them to do, uh, you, you probably might need to sit down with someone and, and just get a refresher on what some of these new rules mean for uh, your beneficiaries. Absolutely. Now, uh, just to um, because the Secure Act is new, and there are lots and lots of questions for folks, and it is pretty complicated if you get right down to it. But there is one other thing I might mention about the ten-year distribution rule: is that uh, if you have an inherited IRA where the ten-year rule applies, you don't have. Um, required minimum distributions. In other words, you don't have to, in other words, you can basically uh, not make any distributions until the end of the 10th year if that's what you want to do. But of course, that would be a catastrophe for many, many families if that's what they did. If it's a, a regular IRA, not a Roth, that could could mean everything would be taxed in one year and that would for a lot of folks, particularly for a large IRA, that would would be a disaster tax-wise because you'd be in the highest tax bracket and all that good stuff. So, um, uh, that it, it is important for folks to understand that there's no required minimum distribution. Now, the other thing too is let's say that a grandchild who's say ten years old inherits. Uh, one that that is, falls into one of the exceptions, so that the ten-year distribution rule does not start until the child turns eighteen, uh, and then that's also sort of an exception to the rule too, because with a child who turns eighteen, typically they're going to be in a very low tax bracket, if any at all. So. Uh, with that kind of situation, and particularly if they're still in school or things like that, then you may want to have uh, higher distributions at that point in time. Um, now, there, uh, that brings me to another issue. <laughs> and, you know, the SECURE Act actually was bad news for uh, taxpayers. Uh, that doesn't surprise us, does it? <laughs> but there was a, a, a little good news for taxpayers, and that is that um, a, a change in the kitty tax. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do when not I say, know what is. <laughs> Something for pets? Okay. No, well, that, it sounds like it, doesn't it? No. Uh, the kitty tax is actually a tax on non-earned income by your children. You know, that's why they call it a kitty tax. Okay, but uh, what was the change? Well, a few years ago, Congress had changed. Uh, now, the first of all, the kitty tax basically means that unearned income of the child is taxed to the parent. It goes on the parent's tax return. Um, and so what, what is unearned income? Unearned income would be things like interest and dividends and capital gains and the like. Okay, so that's um, – so now, if a child actually has a job and earns income, that's taxed to them. 
but um, uh, any child under 18 or if they're under 25 and a full-time student or you're still taking them as a uh, dependent where you're providing more than half of their support, then their unearned income is taxed to you. And so under previous law, uh, it, though that tax was at trust rates. Now it goes back to the parent's actual rate. And that's, that's a benefit. And it's also a planning. Uh, it's important in planning that folks recognize that there can be a kitty tax uh, because a lot of, uh, of families do in, uh, set up accounts for their children, uh, but it doesn't avoid the income tax to the parent. Always a good mix of good news and bad news when it comes to changes in tax law. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, if you want to register for the seminars in March, that is Wednesday, March 11th, you can go online to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page, WGALaw.com. You can also call 919-256-7000, 919 919- Two five six seven thousand. These seminars are a great, great way to learn about long-term care assistance and also to attend Bill's Asset Protection Seminar as well. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend. <music>